Good afternoon, everyone. I am coming on here to talk a bit today about the love of God and the love of God demonstrated. I feel really led to talk about this because all these riots, all these protests, we've got the Black Lives Matter campaign out there spewing and encouraging hatred and division and We've got all these other political groups and special interest groups that are just so focused on specific groups, this person or that person. And I just feel like now it's so important for us to see how distracting that is and how that really is a tactic of the devil. Nothing else. I think of a class I took when I was in college, a social psychology class, and there was no Christian emphasis to it. It was very much a secular course. But I remember my teacher asking if, and I'm sure it wasn't endorsed necessarily by the university, but I remember her asking all of us if we would be as supportive as a group that was for Caucasian Americans or Hispanic Americans as we are for groups for gay and lesbians or black Americans. She listed out a lot of things that really made me think. And the one thing that I noticed in all of this was that there was always the intent to separate and show certain groups as victims and as those who needed special care, special rules. They were separate from the rest of us. For whatever reason, the group chose to use, they were seen, and they were advertised as people who just couldn't help it. They were down, they were always down, and it was never their fault. And then when I came into the church, I started seeing similar behavior, maybe not in a racial way or in a gender way, but that there were some things and some people who were just always down. And there were others who were always up and there was nothing that they could do wrong in anyone's eyes. While there were others, they could do no right in other people's eyes. And it really got me thinking as I was reading today, all of this division, all of this fighting, where is the love of God in all of this? It's obvious that a proper concept of God is so vital for our understanding. We can't love God as he desires us to love him and as he desires for us to love our neighbors if we don't truly know who God is. If we don't realize that we were created fearfully and wonderfully in the image of God, we spend all of our life thinking there's something wrong with us. We buy in to the idea that somebody tells us that we're not good enough or that one group of people is keeping us down. We don't realize how much we have because we don't know our Abba Father. 
it makes me think of how we raise our children. I have four of them. And, you know, I reflect on this a lot, how my oldest son is very difficult. He is just one who's always trying to get a rise out of me. And for that reason, so much of our relationship is so strained because I'm constantly having to correct him. I'm constantly having to remind him who he is and what that means, what it should look like to be someone who is baptized in Jesus' name, who's filled with the Holy Ghost, who's living for God. If you say you're living for him, let's live for him. I read in this one book, um, Why Am I Afraid to Love? It was an interesting little clip. It says, fear is a fragile bond of unity, a brittle basis for anything. The person who serves out of fear, without the realization of love, will try to bargain with God. They will do little things, make little offerings. They'll say little prayers in an attempt to embezzle a place in the heaven of his God. Life and religion will be nothing more than a game of chess, hardly an affair of love. What a distorted vision we have of God and his love for us. God is holy. God is light. God is love. And these are, they're just who God is. They're not characteristics, but they are God. He doesn't have holiness. He doesn't have love. He is love and he is holiness. And you know, if we're to be filled with all the fullness of God, we need his spirit so we can comprehend and understand the greatness of his love. Now granted, the Bible tells us that the love of God, it passes all knowledge. Certainly, I don't think we'll ever comprehend the love of God truly. Not until we're there with God in eternity. And then, maybe, it will all make sense and we'll really be able to understand and feel the depth of his love. But until then, it's so important for us to strive to know and be persuaded of his love for us and for one another. The word truth in most of the Old Testament passages comes from a Hebrew word, emeth. That means stability, trustworthiness, truth, certainty, faithfulness. I don't know about you, but all the instability and the chaos and the fighting and the violence in this world right now, there is nothing that gives me more peace than knowing that God is stable. I can trust him. He will not change. He is the same God today and tomorrow and forever, and his truth endures forever. I think about the loving kindness of God, too. David wrote about it so often. How precious is your loving kindness. The children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. David wrote so beautifully about the many qualities that are a part of God. His love that is onto the clouds, that endures forever, that is better than life. Perhaps his favorite theme was the mercies of the Lord. 
they endure forever. I think of Psalm 136. It's what's known as a responsive psalm. It was written to be sung, and the leader would sing one line, Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. And then the people would respond, For his mercy endures forever. This continues 26 times. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Psalm 106, Psalm 107, they start with the same course. And Psalm 118 starts and ends with this. We should never complain about hearing these words, about them being repeated over and over again. It's so important for us to remember and to sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. You know, his love is unconditional. And it's so good for us to know that while we aren't worthy of his love, while we are imperfect, and we will never really be perfect in the image of God as he would have us to be, and we've all failed him so many times, still, his love and his mercy is always there for us. It's not conditional. We're imperfect. We want to do better. We strive to improve ourselves. And I think it's the joy and the peace that comes from knowing that God loves us and he is for us that helps us to rise up from those failures and those struggles. You know, we, we rub that dirt on our wounds and we get back up and we walk on with God. I don't know about you, but my grandfather used to tell me when I was little and I'd fall and hurt myself, he'd be like, well, rub some dirt on it and move on. Nowadays, we're so much more cautious. Oh, my goodness. Um, Anyway, we experience God's love. And the more we do, the more we understand the characteristics and the dimensions and the depth. And our relationship with him grows more and more. And not just our relationship with him, but our relationship with others. The more we experience of his love, the more we feel, the more we are filled with his love, the more we can extend that to others. And, you know, I think in all these times when people are saying that, you know, black lives matter, when people are saying that he was killed because of the color of his skin or she was killed because of her gender, sexual orientation, there's so many things nowadays that we choose to use as a reason for violence and sinful behavior. And to be able to see and understand that we are all imperfect. And God loves us anyway. He doesn't approve of our behavior. I am certain that God weeps for all of these things that are happening in the world. All of these bad decisions that people are making. I'm certain that it just breaks God's heart. But the love of God... If we can know the love of God, if we can hold on to the love of God, I do believe that God can use us to help to break some of these, maybe they're strongholds that people have in their lives. People who are convinced that they can't do any better, that people don't like them because of X, Y, and Z. 
we can take away those excuses. We can see that every one of us is created in his image. Wrong behavior is wrong behavior. Take responsibility, repent, and then experience the love of God. God will send someone, always, I believe, into another person's life if they are truly seeking something better. For those of us who are living for him, it's our job to continue to deepen our relationship with him so that we can demonstrate his love to those who cross our paths. John the Beloved said, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. God is love. He manifested himself in the flesh for us. When he walked as Jesus, he healed, and that was an act of love. He set people free from demonic spirits. That was a testimony to his compassion and his love for us. There are so many miracles that didn't just exhibit God's power, but also his love. We need that love. We need more of that love. We need to remember and we need to share with people how important it is to live for him who died for me. I'll live for him who set me free. His name is Jesus. What a savior he is. I'll live for him who died for me. Christ didn't send us to baptize. Certainly, we want to see people baptized in Jesus' name, but he sent us to preach the gospel. Not always with the wisdom of words, but sometimes simply with our life. We preach Christ and him crucified, but we also preach with the things we do and how we respond every day. Let us respond in love. Let us remember and know that God loved us so much he laid down his life for us. And let us pray for that love within ourselves that we too would be willing to lay down our lives for another. <laughs>